Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. The term headliner mm-hmm. started to be used back in the late 1800s. And what it meant was when the posters were created, mm-hmm. there was somebody that was in the head line. So that person was the headliner. Class is it. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. Who are you, pretty lady? I am Tammy Burns. Well, Tammy Burns, I want to thank Richard Sheffield. Uh, Those of you who are keen-eared listeners to the show have heard the name Richard Sheffield before. He's a longtime listener and often suggests uh, topics for us to do. And they're usually good, some better than others. Uh, This is one of the ones that's better than others. He said, how many websites have you seen that talk about these terrible pairings of bands? What it usually is, is an opening act that just doesn't have anything to do with the act that people have come to see. What do you mean? Well, for one, uh, uh, what's their name? Uh, Extreme Uh opened up for ZZ Top. Okay. Everybody knew Extreme for that acoustic piece, More Than Words. Yes. And that's not them. No. Yes, it's them. They sang the song, but it's in reality, they are this hard, hard speed metal band, and people were just blown away that, you know, we shouldn't have put these two together. All right. The one that always comes up in this, and by the way, I have a long list of odd pairings, Mm -hmm. and what it is is usually a band that's very new at the beginning of their touring, and they need exposure, so they hook them up with whomever is available. Gotcha. Without really knowing who they are. For example, Van Halen opened up for Journey on one of their tours. That didn't fit. And then they opened up for Black Sabbath. Then they opened up for Ted Nugent. See, those two fit. All right. But uh, the girls weren't coming to see David Lee Roth yet, so they just didn't fit. Look, I'm thinking them opening up for Journey was a wonderful concert. Think about well, that. Well, think about it. The That's why I have this list here. Not only do I have a list of, oh, that was dumb, that shouldn't have happened, but I also have a list of all of these pairings that are supposed to be absolutely terrible, Mm -hmm. but I look at them and I go, I don't know. Oh, I, I would have said through that. I want to see that yeah, one. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, Porter Wagner. Here's one that, that everybody says is so terrible, mm-hmm. but I want to see it. Porter Wagner opened up for the White Stripes in 2007. No, he didn't. I would have gone to see that. No, he did not. I, I'm sure there were people that are like, oh, who is this guy that 
you know, that uh, that uh, Dolly Parton sings about, I will always love you. But that is Porter Wagner, it right? Is. I, had oh, that. Yeah. I was, gonna, geez, I was hoping I you got, got that right. You got your country love right, baby. So I not only have these terrible pairings, but I have pairings that are supposedly terrible but are fantastic. Mm. But let's start with the one that brought it to Richard Sheffield's attention. And if you were at all a fan of these live music websites, this is the bellwether for mm-hmm. terrible opening act choices. Okay. Jimi Hendrix uh-huh. opened up for the monkeys. Oh. <laughs> Here's what happened. Hendrix's manager, Mike Jeffrey, wanted to expose Hendrix in America. Mm-hmm. He was already a hit in the UK. Right. Who was the biggest touring band at the time in America? The Monkees. And furthermore, Mike Nesmith adored Jimi Hendrix, saw him at the Monterey Pop Festival, and said it would be great if we could get this together. Mm. So it was set up July 8th, 1967, was the first time he joined the tour, did his thing, played Purple Haze out of the box. Fans would scream, we want Davey. He played seven dates, left on the 17th, knew this just wasn't working. But by then, the rock bands knew of him and he found places to go. He found his spot, huh? Right. He found places that were more correct. So the monkeys may have loved him, but the 13-year-old girls who were screaming, we want Davey, did not love him. Jimi Hendrix on Rock School. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. People say we monkey around, but we're too busy singing to put anybody down. about Jimi Hendrix opening for the Monkees. What's that? We saw a couple members of the Monkees on a cruise ship. Not right. to say they have taken a stunning falling from grace, uh, but they put on a good show. Yeah, they and did. It, it's the Monkees. I knew about, I think I knew every song but one or two. And right. Those are, this is from my new album. All right, let's go get some right, meat. bathroom and break. Yeah, we'll be back. And I like Hendrix. Mm-hmm. So I probably would have enjoyed that concert. But then again, not a 13-year-old girl, not anymore. There's another one that pops up all the time that the Beatles opened up for Brenda Lee. Wait. Oh, okay. Hang on. Okay. Yes, they did, but I know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Brenda Lee is on this 80-city tour, and the Beatles were with her for 30 of those dates. That's not what happened. In 1962, Brenda Lee was touring West Germany, and she played the famous Star Club in Hamburg. Guess who the house band of the Star Club was? The Beatles. That's right. So they opened for Brenda Lee... Because an opening band was needed, they were on hand, and they weren't yet, say it with echo, the Beatles. They were opening for a lot of people. Oh, everybody that came through, probably. Right. Right. You know, get, get them out there, get the crowd happy. 
Here comes the headliners. All right. The doors opened up for Simon and Garfunkel. Forest Hills Stadium, Saturday, August 12th, 1967. I don't know. Uh, oh, you don't think so? Oh, no. Well, they're, they certainly are two different groups. Uh, the Eagles opened up for Procol Harum. A lot of these sound weird. Yeah. Because the opening act by today's standards, mm -hmm. is so much more popular than the band they opened up for. Right. And that opening up, eh, it worked at the time. Mm -hmm. Now it doesn't because things have changed. Counting Crows opened up for Cracker. That was a terrible grouping, December 1993. Radiohead opened up for Alanis Morissette on her Jagged Little Pill Tour. Right. So you had this, this group of people who were all... You know, I, I I don't want computers. I don't feel well in my life. And then a whole other group of people that were angry young women who were yelling about you ought to know. This this was a bad, bad little <laughs> grouping of things here. Hey, the Ramones opened up for Toto. Oh, and again, kill me now. And again, I know what you're thinking. What? Toto was on tour. Ramones went with them for 30 gigs. Now, that's absolutely not true. They played one show together, Lake Charles, Louisiana. They also played with Sticks and Boston back in the 70s. Mm. I could understand Sticks and Boston to a point. Mm -hmm. They would carry some of the same audience. Gotcha. But the Toto thing, yeah, I don't know. But look, it was only just for one. And my guess is because they were available. Right. Why were you chosen? Because well, you were through. there. And here's the one I'm going to play. Do it. Aerosmith, and, and this is one of those again, the opening act by today's standards has become far larger. Big, huh? Aerosmith opened up for Sha Na Na on multiple dates. All right. Y you think so? Yeah, that uh, kind of works to me. For does me. it? Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. Is Aerosmith on Rock School? Oh, I'm so late one night. My papa said everything's all right. The doctor made my mom and dad. Okay, coming out of Aerosmith, you said a lot of these just leave a bad taste in your mouth, like yeah, bad booze. Bad booze. Yeah, you don't do that. You're not a you're a top shelf booze chick. Oh no, I'm not. That's why we don't go out to eat a whole lot. In 1996, Jewel opened for Neil Young and Crazy Horse. I can almost see why Jewel's people would want this. Yeah, because there are a lot of songs that's jewel-like by Neil uh, Neil Young. It's him and a guitar, right. a troubadour, sitting yeah. in a, a spotlight. But then he gets with Crazy Horse, and Ooh. all of a sudden you got, you know, Nana into the black, and Jewel just didn't fit on that one. Do you remember the Human League? Mm -hmm. Oh, I Don't do. Don't you want me, baby? Yeah, I do. Guess who opened for them? Who? On their third gig ever. I don't know. Def Leppard. 
That's mm, glorious. You like it? Right from the beginning. I wouldn't go see the Human League, but, you know, there was a time I was working at a waitress in a cocktail bar. Yeah, you were. That much is true. Bruce Springsteen opened up for Anne Murray, August 3rd, 1974, New York's Schaefer Music Festival mm-hmm. in Central Park. Once again, that he's Bruce Springsteen. At this point in time, he's just starting to catch... He's a local person from the area. Hey, Anne Murray is here. Go on out and, you know, play I some I love play Anne some Murray. Rock. I play love her. I think that'd be great. Yeah. Chick Corea, who just passed away not too long ago, mm-hmm. opened for the Steve Miller Band, 1973, Columbus, Ohio. That's a weird pairing as well. Right. He is so much more jazz and jazz fusion. And the Steve Miller Band is a bar band. Oh, you know, yeah. Three chords and a good time. Yep, yep. Beastie Boys opened for Madonna. I don't think that's so wrong. I don't think that's so wrong. You know, wrong. I'm thinking you're right. Yeah, that would... I I don't dislike Madonna. I don't like her stuff as of late. But back then, when 85, when she was the queen of it all, yeah. I actually liked her. There's a lot of pop I like. They would really get the crowd going. Do you know who Albert Brooks is? The the actor? Yes, the actor slash comedian. He's a slash, uh, Tammy. He's, a, he's an actor slash comedian. Okay. I am a musician slash dancer. I'm oh. a slash. Ooh. So, Slash um, <laughs> wish I hadn't said it. I forgot about that. Uh, Albert Brooks opened up for Sly and the Family Stone on a few gigs in 1973. I don't remember who we went to see, but it was it was these three girls. I mean, they were 20 years old, and they they were it wasn't in vogue, but they were some kind of a a pop group, and they had two or three big hits right out of the gate. It wasn't Banana Rama either, mm-hmm. but. They had a comedian. God bless him, he tried. It was awful. He came out and did his show and talked to the audience. It was terrible. It it just didn't work. No. I don't know. All right, here comes one we're going to play, and this is akin to Jimi Hendrix opening up for the Monkees. Okay. Do you know who humans, (laughs) Herman's Hermits are? I do. I'm Henry VIII, I am. Henry VIII, I am, I am. On July 14th, 1967, The Who opened up for Herman's Hermits. Nice! I don't know. I might have liked to have seen that. (laughs) There you go. It's The Who on Rock School. I'm Henry VIII, I am. Henry VIII, I am, I am. I got married to the widow next door. She's been married seven times before. Just because we get around Talking about my generation Things they do look awful Talking about my generation I hope I die before I get old This is my generation 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 why are there opening bands at all? Here is what I found doing a search for that single question. Okay. The term headliner mm-hmm. started to be used back in the late 1800s. And what it meant was when the posters were created, mm-hmm. there was somebody that was in the head line. So that person was the headliner. Gotcha. And everything that came underneath it was a support 
act. If you think of it as a Lego building, it supported them. Okay. Is that true? That's what I found, and let's pretend it is because it's filling time. Why do we have opening acts at all? This is what I found. Three things kept coming up again and again and again. It added value to the ticket. You can go see one band, but very few single bands can hold it themselves. Not if you're filling up the Smoothie King. If they're doing a gig downtown at a bar, right, right. probably at the Smoothie King Center, at you know the Superdome, the, you gotta have something more. If I'm gonna pay my money, I like Kiss. Don't get me wrong. We have mm-hmm. tickets to Kiss in October. They're gonna be down at the no. They're gonna be in Gulfport. So we're going to go over to Gulfport. You know what I love? What's that? The fact that you believe we're going to go see Kiss. I know. Come on with the vaccines. It's been a year, right? Come on with the vaccines. Remember that guy not too long ago that wanted to poison the water in Florida and they caught him? (laughs) Can we put the vaccine in the water? And just sort of, you know, like fluoride. Uh, we I have like it. Very nice teeth, and we're protected that's from coronavirus. Good. That's a good idea. Why um, will it not live in the water? I'm not as dumb as I look. Mm. Number two, uh-huh. and this is why most of these pairings got put together. It gives the lesser acts more exposure. It says, okay, look, you guys have to tour. Somebody has to see you. Yep. And the best way to do it is to take a marginal band, as my buddy Steve, who worked as a roadie forever, said, bands on the way up, bands on the way down. That's right. That's so, right. <laughs> somewhere in that movement, you can get a, a shot. And I remember really loving uh, Billy Squire when I was growing <gasps> up. Yes. And the cool thing about Billy Squire is every time he went on tour, he had some of the greatest opening acts. It was like his job was to find, and I'm sure it was his man. Yeah. But his job was to find the greatest up and comers. And don't get me wrong, you're going to see Billy, you know, Billy Squire, and he's going to put on a whale of a show. But look at who he's got opening. I know, right? So the ticket had a ton more value. And it says here the more time and the more breaks at a concert, meaning they're there, then there's a band, then there's a break. Maybe there's another band, maybe there's another break, and then the top band. The more bands, the more breaks, the more food, and the more merch is sold. But you know what? What's that? It hits a limit for me. Well, who was it we went to see? It was no, the no, no, Tower no. of Power Horns, somebody else, Steve Miller, and then Journey. I don't... I wanted to go home before Journey. I Look, I'm old. <laughs> I don't want to... I don't want to go and see five bands. Uh, unless it's a festival and I can come and go and do other things. No, but I don't sit, want don't to. Don't you really? No. I think I think three's enough, but I would make it very clear to the first band, you're doing five songs. Get out there and crush it. But that's not what they do. The second band, you got 45 minutes, and then the final band. They feel like they have to own everything. I don't know. And they stay. I don't know. Who owns us at the moment? Who's playing us? What radio station? WXZY Kane PA. You know, I have this mental picture of so many people listening to us on the radio or listening to us on podcast. And when you just said that, a whole bunch of them started nodding, going, yep. I'd like to be home by 10. Yeah, we would. 10.30 tip top. Okay, back in a minute here on Rock School.
ticket packages. You're talking about not wanting to stand and not wanting to spend all that time no. there and all that. No. Ticket packages. This is where ticket packages come in. Okay. This idea of the the you know, this band and this band are playing at the Hard Rock tonight. Ah. So for this amount of money, mm-hmm. here's two tickets, here's dinner previous, and here's a room for the night. No. I'm, sh- I'm sure all of that exists, and that I think that's what you're after. Look, right we now. paid about eighty bucks per ticket for heart remember oh easily and guess what happened we we, we had a seat yes a, a beautiful young woman kept walking up y'all want any more booze yes yes we do and you know what else i had what is that a bathroom That's that right. had you know regular yeah. somebody cleaned it and uh it was just for us yeah but wonderful. not everybody can blow 80 bucks on a ticket yeah well in hey. all honesty we can't the outlaws in 1981 opened up for black sabbath mm-hmm I don't know if that would be bad. Chad and Jeremy, I can't live in a world without love, Mm -hmm. was opened for by Alice Cooper. Wow. Uh, (laughs) A Strokes concert had Jimmy Fallon as the opening band. He was promoting the fact that he was going to be the new guy for The Tonight Show. Oh. Because so many Strokes fans were waiting for The Tonight Mm -hmm. Show. And here's the one we'll play. Okay. Do you remember a group called Jackal? They have a song called Lumberjack in the video. Everybody loved it. And he does it on stage, too. He brings an actual chainsaw on. And he cuts a table in half and all of that. Why can't I remember that? Well, maybe you were asleep in the room. ZZ Top had them open one time in Orlando and fired them. No, they did not. You know what? I'm going to have to play Jackal. I'm going to have to play Jackal. Put the Jackal. axe away. Going to have to play Jackal. Here you go on Rock School. Welcome to the bottom of the hour out of Jackal and Lead Chainsaw by a guy named Bob. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if that's true or not. Look, we're going to do seven days and 70 seconds. And then what I want to start to do is list some of these bands that were listed on websites and such as terrible pairings, terrible opening acts. But when you listen to it, when you hear it, at least I did, I kind of went, oh, gee. I uh, I kind of want to see that. Mm. I know they don't oh, fit, boy. but I'd kind of like to see that. Mm. All right. So I'm Joe Burns. You are Tammy Burns. Seven days, seventy seconds. Uh, these are the rock and roll dates: March eighth, all the way through March fourteenth. You got Monday, baby. Go March eighth, nineteen ninety-three. Beavis and Butthead debut on MTV. <laughs> 
<laughs> March 9th, 2011, Phil Collins retires in order to spend more time with his boys. March 10th, 1988, Andy Gibb dies of heart failure after yep. his first two singles go to number one. Yeah, and he had already performed with his three brothers on stage. Yep. And there's a story where he, Andy, mm-hmm. looked at Maurice. Maurice was always stage left. Looked at him, he said, this is it. This is what it should be. This is, and everyone's like, yeah, this is what it should be. And he coked himself right into the ground. March 11, 2008, Kid Rock returns to Duluth, Minnesota's Waffle House, Yoo-hoo! where he had the year before gotten into a fight and beat the crap out of somebody. He brought that guy back and then held a charity meet and greet. March 12, 1988, Rick Astley, never going to give you up, hits number one. A few years later, he will become the first internet joke or meme or whatever. (laughs) March 13th, 2013, Ken Casey attacks a skinhead in the audience of the Dropkick Murphys concert yelling, Nazis are not welcome at a Dropkick Murphys show. Good for him. March 14th, 1964, Billboard magazine reports that the Beatles are responsible for six of every ten singles sold. Good Lord. Gosh. All right, here we go. Uh These were listed as bad, but... Honestly, I I think they're pretty good. Do you know who Hatsune Miku is? Is that the uh, the thing that's just on stage? That's that right. Isn't really there kind yeah. of deal. Mm-hmm. It's a Japanese yeah. avatar. Yes, avatar. Right. That's the and word. That avatar. It. I'm not sure. Do you give it a pronoun? Mm-hmm. The the avatar has number one albums in Japan. Mm-hmm. She opened for Lady Gaga in 2014. Now that fits. Would you? I would love to see it. I don't want to see it. Really? No. Oh, she performs with a live band. I would love to have seen that. <laughs> Bachman Turner Overdrive opened for Van Halen on the 5150 tour, what they call the Van Hagar tour back in 1988. Who thinks that's bad? I think that's wonderful. Who thinks that's bad? Don McLean opened for the James Gang. At Massey Hall, Toronto, Ontario, October 31st, 1971. I love the James game. Yeah, but Don McLean. I don't care. I, I would listen. That was 19, yeah. 1971, so he would have played American Pie. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five opened up for The Clash. That would have been great. Yeah, it would. Glenn Campbell opened up for The Doors in the mid-60s. Oh. I know, through multiple shows in Portland and Seattle. God, I love Glenn Campbell. That would have been great. Yes. Miles Davis opened for The Grateful Dead in 1970 at the Fillmore West. Why do I know that was phenomenal? You know it was. Why do you know that was life-affirming? Uh, and I already told you about this one. Porter Wagner... Opened for the White Stripes. And I know Porter Wagner would be one of those people like, well, I like Porter Wagner. I can't name a song of his, but I like Porter Wagner. Uh-huh. And I think I'm cool and all that. But who cares? It's one of those things. You've dragged me to see some country acts. Right. And I so wanted to hate them. Yes. But I didn't. You know what? If it were Johnny Cash, oh. people would be going, oh, my God, oh. it's the greatest thing ever, right? Lose my mind. And I've said this multiple times. When you have an older act, mm-hmm. now with all of this, the the avatars and things like that, and, and the Michael Jackson avatar in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. why don't you have the young artist open for the older artist? When Johnny Cash was singing yeah. his American albums, right? why didn't you have his avatar come out and... Can you imagine that? No. Yeah, I mean, you go to see you go to see Van Halen, and you have young Eddie, 
and then older Eddie, it would I'd just be fantastic. Oh but my anyway, God, I knew you were going to work Van Halen can, into this. I can work Van Halen into oh, a muffin recipe. I feel used. 2007, Porter Wagner opened many dates for the White Stripes here on Rock School. Oh, Coco. Well, folks, I'm going down to St. James Infirmary. How many times have you heard someone say, if I had his money, I could do things my way, but listen, when it comes my Let's roll into the second break. I have often wondered the idea of all those bands, because it has been multiple times. When we went to go see uh, Motley Crue, right. it was, that was their final tour uh-huh. un- until they decide they've had enough of not touring and we'll go back on tour. Need Contract be darned. I don't think they need money. But uh, it was some band. The guy was the, the wife of Rachel Ray. And I, I learned because I looked him up and I thought these people are gonna stink. Mm-hmm. He was really good. Right. He was I mean, no hits, but good stage show, good all that. And then Alice Cooper. And I'd have been happy after Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. And then Motley Crue. I love all the bands, but I'm telling you what, by the encore of Motley Crue, yeah. I was ready to go. You were? What we went to see Chic. It was yes. somebody, Chic and Duran Duran. Right. I could have left right after Chic. Uh-huh. Not because not because of anything, but the, Duran Duran was excellent, but they didn't play the reflex. I know. And that drove me crazy. Where did this idea of what is called a package show come from? Mm-hmm. A lot of people believe it was the 1950s and 1960s, and what it was were packages like Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper and Richie Valens and Dion on the Belmonts playing at the Surf Ballroom. Gosh, that was a long time ago. Well, 59. Yeah. So what it was was a record label. Okay. Instead of sending one person out, they took a lot of people on their labels and sent them out. But you got to understand that at least that label understood, DECA, I believe it was, mm-hmm. understood that everybody should play three songs. Maybe, what do you mean? Maybe come three back and at the done? end. Yes, because then you've got four bands. you got to set up teardown for each band. Really? Each of them play three songs. You're done in an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You also had, in the 1960s, Motown and Stax Records mm-hmm. taking their people, sort of pairing them off, putting them all on a bus and taking off. There's a movie called That Thing You Do. Yep, yep, the yep, The wonders yep. get thrown on mm-hmm. to the, whatever the, the label was, the Cavalcade of Stars. And their job was to go out, play a song, step two, step back, back, turn, run off stage. That's it. Because we got bigger people coming. And I don't doubt that's where it happened. So a promoter that I read suggested here are three basic rules to follow when you're an opening band or you probably won't be an opening band very much longer. Number one, promote the big band in your show. It ain't about you, baby. Well, it ain't. (laughs) It ain't here in about 15 minutes. Make a point. 
Van Halen is here. I had to throw it in one more time. Mm -hmm. So-and-so is here. So-and-so is here. We're trying to entertain you until blah, 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 blah. Number two, don't attempt to overshadow the headliner band. Never. My my college roommate, Mark, Mm -hmm. went to go see, I think it was Judas Priest. I might not be right about that. But the opening band was Cinderella. Don't know what you got. Yeah. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Apparently the lead singer of Cinderella, and he loves telling this story. The lead singer of Cinderella, everyone was just ignoring them. I mean, ignoring them. They didn't love them or hate them. Uh-huh. There's a few people listening, but you know, the lead singer got angry and started yelling and decrying the crowd. You all uh, better start cheering for Cinderella. And it wasn't trying what? to bump them up. It was he was literally decrying them. You people stink. And you. Wow. Oh, they turned on him. He said it was just awful to witness. It, it had was to like, be glorious. It was like watching a suicide in slow uh. motion. And then finally, according to this promoter, do well, put on a good show. Don't be better than the headliner, but put on a good show. At the end of your seven songs, 40 minutes, people should look and go, okay, that was a pretty strong opening act. All right, now let's get to the person. You introduced me to some new music, and now let's uh, hear the big band. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Who's listening to us? WWBZ. Is this Hyden, Kentucky? It's, uh, It's in Kentucky, so it's pronounced Cleveland. It's not. I believe it's Hyden. H Y D E N. It's Hyden, Kentucky, dude. We got a we got a sponsor in Kentucky. And Hello, I know y'all. For, and I know for a fact they run the show at a good time. And I know the GM listens. And I'm about to get an email either saying that was funny or don't do that again. No, I'm glad you're here. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Let's come out of this break uh, with a few more bands that were listed as a terrible opening act, but I kind of think I'd like to see that. Van Halen on the Different Kind of Truth tour, that was the one with Wolfie and yeah. Dave came back. Right. This had to be a David Lee Roth thing. Cool and the Gang opened. And there's, oh, I love Cool and the Gang. There's this thing called the VHND, the Van Halen News Desk, mm-hmm. and they were covering the tour extensively. Right. And what you kept hearing again and again was Cool and the Gang could have played five more songs. <laughs> they were great. The audience is dancing, dude. I don't doubt it. Uh, Rage Against the Machine opened up for U2 in 1997. Now, look, I don't think those go together in any way, shape, or form, but, man, it would have been fun to watch. Mm. Really would have. Uh, Sonic Youth opened up for Neil Young and Crazy Horse. A lot of confused hippies in the audience for that one. And here's the one we're going to play. Jethro Tull was touring in 1975 when this little band from Boston on the up-and-come got thrown on them. The Jay Giles Band. Oh, I love the Jay Giles Band. I think that would have been fun, but Jethro Tull is like the thinking man's rock. Aqualung, cross-eyed Mary, a little bit dirty, oh, a little dirty. I would have left after the Jay Giles Band. Right, and here comes this bar band with a saxophone and a harmonica and a guy out front that speaks like, you know, a million miles a minute. Reputa, Reputa the Buta, Reputa, Reputa the Buta. Dude, I just want to have a good time. (laughs) I would have loved it. Here you go on Rock School. The playground gets no kiss from little boys. We're rather making with a latching free. 
ebb and slide. Come on, baby, don't you Okay, last break here on Rock School. I got a few more that don't seem to fit. The B-52s, and this is one I'd like to see. The B-52s opened for The Who uh-huh. in 1982. Right. Your own private Idaho. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my it. gosh. Just for the fun of it. Yes. Here are bands that have opened for the Rolling Stones. Ooh, hit me, I hit me. I don't know that it all fits, but when we saw them in 2019, here just before, we lucked out just mm. before COVID went bonkerlistic, a funk band called Dumpsta Funk opened for them. And they were stunning. Right. I mean, they weren't good. They were stunning. Right. I can see why they were there. 2006, they had Merle Haggard open for them for a few shows. Oh, God, I'd love that. Wouldn't that have been phenomenal? Love me some Merle. 2003, Justin mm-hmm. Timberlake opened up about 10 shows nice, for them. Nice, yep, And actually joined them on stage for Miss You. 1990, Sugar Ray opened for a few shows. Okay. I don't know. Eh. Sugar Ray is one of those bands like Nickelback. I don't. I don't reach for them, but I don't turn them off when they come on. So, uh, 1981, Prince. This this is so wrong. Prince opened a lot of shows, but this is 81. This is back when Prince was still androgynous, wearing the hip-high boots uh, and all that. Uh And he reportedly got booed off the stage multiple times. That's just a terrible pairing. 1974, the Commodores opened for the It's Only Rock and Roll Tour. Their hit at the time was Machine Gun. Oh, yes. 1973, Cheech and Chong opened up. Because if you remember, they had a few actual music hits. Earache in My Eye and uh, Basketball Jones. Mm -hmm. That basketball was like a basketball to me. Yeah, I'm throwing up in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. They left the tour because of other commitments, and Santana Santana took over. Thank you, Santana. Oh, that's a win. That's an absolute win. The only one on here that I haven't played yet Mm -hmm. is Bob Seger opened for Kiss. That's kind of weird. Yeah, that's a that's weird. That's a lot weird. That's weird. Bob but... Seger needs somebody needs to be opening for Bob Seger. Come on. <laughs> but again, you got to take it for the year that it occurred. I what understand. Year did it occur? Seventy-six. Well, Seger was pretty gosh darn popular. Kiss in should 76. be opening for Bob Seger. No, Kiss had the show. Kiss had the things that go boom and Look, fire. Look, we and can all argue that. all day long, okay? <laughs> we could, but we're out of time. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. That's that. Hope you get to see a good show with a good opening act. But if you don't, you got a better story. All right, that's it. Class is dismissed. <laughs>